0: Hello.
1: new japan pro wrestling crisps and pornography this podcast
2: is a member of the voices of wrestling podcasting network visit voices to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews columns opinions and updates across the world of wrestling
0: the most wonderful time of the year for super j cast listeners as we once again have a special festive treat who's that coming down the chimney no it's not santa even better it's the commentator for all elite wrestling's saturday collision and former voice of the english new japan pro wrestling announce team the great kevin kelly kevin thank you for joining us once again
2: my boys it's it's a pleasure to be with you as always as i jam my fat ass down the chimney one more time (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, come on, Kevin. that's not nice. You have like, beautiful buttocks. <laughs> oh, thank you for
2: noticing. I appreciate that so now, much, david uh,
0: Of course, it, it is the festive season this year. Hopefully, Kevin, you're enjoying plenty of time with the family right now. Uh, I know that issue, you know, getting to spend more time with the family, must have been a really big factor for you in your decision to call it a day with New Japan. So at what point did you make that call? Was there anything in particular that led to it? And how's the transition been for your family?
2: Well, the, it's been a, it's been a change just like going away frequently to Japan. Um, I got done. So I'd started with, with new Japan uh, back in 2015 and low, those many years ago, it was, you know, both boys were home and, and my youngest was uh, third grade. And so missing a lot of the activities that, that especially the younger one was doing at that point was was an issue, but then, so I start with uh, AW over the summer, and Tony and I had talked about yeah me continuing to go back and forth to Japan, and and that was all figured in and no problem, and then was talking with my wife, and the decision was made that you know she really didn't want to be alone anymore, and let's let's figure out if we can do this, and we can make uh, a new life for ourselves together more frequently because it's an adjustment, like I said, just like being away, being together all the time is can be difficult. So mm-hmm. that's that's what we've been kind of getting used to is me being underfoot a lot more um, and home all the time and me finding things to do um, as I get used to this new schedule and it just feeling weird for a lot of it. Um, but it's all good, it really is. and. Now we're, you know, probably what five, six months into uh, this arrangement, and it's been it's been really good. But I I I am having a little FOMO as you know as it comes to Wrestle Kingdom, and you know, but I know that the decision was made for the best of reasons, and I'm just looking forward to this next chapter of my life. I'm having a blast with AEW. It's a lot of fun. It really is.
0: Yeah, that would be my next question. I mean, How how are you finding it so far? What have been some of the the biggest challenges moving over to AEW? How are the fans treating you? And and I guess what are the biggest differences between there and your work in New Japan?
2: Well, the whole difference is it's television. And uh, that New Japan and New Japan World is live event coverage, but not television. And this is TV. And I had not done television because even when I was doing Ring of Honor TV, it was live to tape so mm-hmm. it, but not even live to tape it was we weren't we weren't doing a a 60 minute tv show in 60 minutes um this is live live and as such it's been a big adjustment for me 23 years since i had done live tv so it's it's having to say a lot in a very short period of time being mindful of the commercial breaks and as we call the, you know, as it's called traffic, get the plugs in, get this read in, say this, say that, um, on the fly, doing a live TV show. And it is a lot. It really is a lot. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy. I got Tony Schiavone with me now because he takes some of that burden off of me. Um, fans have been mixed. Um, they, I think they like me as a person. They don't think I'm doing very well by and large. Um, but I'm okay with that because I've, I'm adjusting to something new. And I think that some of the anti AEW establishment that's out there, uh, kind of just finds something new to, to crow about, but everything is, everything's been fine. As far as I'm concerned, all the feedback I've gotten from Tony Khan and from Mike Mansory and everybody in charge and, you know, Shivani and Nigel, it's like, no, everything's fine. Okay, cool. So,
1: yeah. What do you think you'll miss most from the time in New Japan? Uh, and I guess the other side of the coin, what are you happy to have leaving in the rearview mirror?
2: Well, it's funny. Um, I was seeing Walker Stewart, uh, you know, stuffed in a seat today on, the, on his flight over to Japan. And that's the one thing I'm not going to miss is that flight, uh, I of those it. flights. And... Uh, but missing the boys and the venue and the staff and those types of things is going to be, uh, that's going to stick with me. And I know that I'll get to see some of them here and there when, when they come over uh, for, cause I'm sure we'll see them at AEW events throughout the year. But um, yeah, just like the guys like, you know, Marty Asami, when am I ever going to see him? I'm going to miss him. And, and the, the wonderful staff with the world team, I might see one or two of them, but these were people that I saw every day, and you know the the staff who always greeted me with a, a very polite hello and, and a wave as I would walk in or leave. Those are the people that I'm gonna miss, and that's been that's been the one thing that's like been kind of sticking with me. Is oh man, I'm gonna I really miss those people, <laughs> right. and they, they again they couldn't be sweeter, um, and I never had an issue with with working there or with New Japan, even the travel. It was just, it's just time. A, a lot of it boys had to do, and you guys know this, the whole product is undergoing kind of a, a seismic shift over the last couple of years. And I've told everybody's story. We're, we're at the end of the Naito arc. And there are no other arcs that have yet to be completed. And I would have loved to have been there to call it, but it didn't work out. After this, it's all new stuff. And it's the time for me to step away and to let a new voice begin to tell those stories or jump into those stories at the midpoint uh, and and see them to conclusion. But, But everything is everything's finished from when I started until now.
1: Did you have a chance to to I know it's always hard and you don't know for sure or or I don't know. You tell me, was there a line in the sand that said, okay, this is it. Were you able to say a proper goodbye to everybody that you missed?
2: No, I was not, and that's you know one of the one of the sad things about Wrestle Kingdom not working out because that was the that was my plan was to say a proper goodbye. Chris Charlton kind of helped me in in letting everybody know that I was you know going away, and he sent me privately sent me a wonderful gift uh, that was you know a token of his appreciation and a lot of the uh, and the boys' appreciation um so that was very nice to receive that and but i have a you know i always will have a fondness for everybody and uh that's why i'm looking forward to hopefully seeing them all you know here and there very soon and who knows i might get the the opportunity to go back for you know a one-shot deal here or there
1: right so we're going to transition into this um And and talking about a little bit more about the the relationship between New Japan and AEW. And you're kind of like the bridge between that, it feels like, in the beginning anyway. Um, So, look, you know as well as I do, there are a ton of New Japan fans that worry about this relationship with AEW. And feeling the partnership is a little bit one-sided. And quite honestly, that New Japan might be better off without it. What would you say to those fans that have those concerns?
2: Let's go back to Ring of Honor. Uh, boy, did Ring of Honor take the, uh, you know, take it in the shorts quite a bit when it came to the relationship with New Japan and ROH. And a lot of people said that ROH would be better off without the, uh, without dealing with New Japan coming over once, twice a year, beating all of our top guys, only a couple of guys getting opportunities to work over there. And what's the point? Well, the benefit was is that it helped it helped the business grow and new japan now is in a position and i think is in a state of their business where they are i don't know it's hard to say are they sellers instead of buyers are they not concerned about losing talent because they feel that they have enough homegrown talent that they're going to rely on for the next 10 to 20 years I would think that more of, you know, that we there are luxuries that we cannot afford anymore, like Will Ospreay. And we want those guys to go and move on and be happy and be with AEW, who we can control and work with, you know, control in terms of our relationship with them and have them if we need them, by and large. And and, uh, as opposed to WWE, which would be more of a a shut door as opposed to just a forbidden door. And... I don't know. I think it's, I think it's good. And, and I, I know certainly AEW benefits from it. Uh, but I think that AEW could do more to tell the stories better. Um, of of explaining who Kazuchika Okada is, why Tanahashi means so much, who is Tetsuya Naito, what's Sonata all about when they do see them, you know, it's easier to tell the Osprey story because he can help tell it. But I, I agree that, there are uh, i think that justifiably so some people are, are kind of raising an eyebrow like how's this working out but it, it it'll be okay everything will be fine in the
0: end so you mentioned because you has got a car there kevin obviously we have a lot of rumors circulating that he's speaking with barry bloom and his contract is expiring shortly what do you think the future holds for him in 2024 and if new japan isn't an option do you think NJPW's public perception will take a hit with this and J.Y. and Will Osprey's departure?
2: Well, um, yeah, I think it would. I think it would take a uh, it would take a hit. They, we have to look back, what, just, what was that, 2016? 2015, where we lost uh, Shinsuke and A.J. Styles and, you know, Gallows and Anderson, kind of one fell swoop. Obviously, Shinsuke was the biggest hit to New Japan. And I think those reverberations are still being felt to this day. I think some people, some fans never got over it. <laughs> right. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But obviously Okada can write his own ticket anywhere he wants to go. And that means Japan as well. He's becoming a big TV star over there because he's doing a lot more stuff outside of wrestling. And, and of course his wife is a, um, a very famous voice actress. And I think that as Okada becomes more well-known and more well-versed in in television and hosting programs and doing different things, that that's going to open up a significant amount of business for him. Togi Makabe, from all of my time there, was doing a a dessert-eating show where he was Sweets Makabe, and it was said to be on more than one occasion that as great as Togi Makabe has been for New Japan Pro Wrestling, he is infinitely more popular to the dessert-eating television watching crowd who only knows him from that and has no idea that he, Togi Makabe, is a professional wrestler and a former IWGP champion. So I think that what a life. <laughs> it puts it puts wrestling and it puts New Japan pro wrestling, even in Japan, in a in a bit of a box in that. If guys can find success outside of the industry, then okay, uh, then New Japan sort of benefits from having them close by, but there'll be times where Okada may be off doing a show or a movie or who knows. And if he decides to come to aew uh, and wrestle, would that allow him to to still do new Japan to allow allow him to still become an actor if he wanted to be? i'm I'm sure yes. I would say that there are a lot of options open for Okada. We do run across this every year because they are, these contracts are... Um, it, they, they, it's The renegotiation is on the raise. You're guaranteed to work. Once you have a contract in Japan, you'll always have a contract until you or both sides say, ah, I really don't want to be under contract anymore. And salaries go up. And the more that you are doing well, and business is up then there'll be a raise for you and then it's just agreeing on the percentage of the raise and why do some guys leave as they get older well because they're not making as much money and they're getting less and less each year now they have a job but they might be getting paid less that's just the way it goes it's a different formula than in than in the u.s or, or other countries um you you will be paid based upon what your perception is, what the perception of you is, your, val- your value, your worth, and it goes up while you're making money, and then it comes down, but you always have a job.
1: Right. And if the, if the, if the words are true, um, and like I said, we wouldn't be talking about this if, if Joel and I didn't firmly believe it. It, it, it is true. Um, you, you know, if you contact a gentleman like Mr. Bloom, uh, you're, you're looking for the bag, right? I mean, well, sure. that, that, you know, and 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 I do you, I mean, do you think there's a possibility of even negotiating, uh, using an offer and then negotiating back with Bushi Road? Or do you think, hey, you know what, if he's talking to this gentleman, we're we're, we're probably going to see him in the States.
2: That's a good question. Um, I can't think of an example where where Mr. Barry has been used as a lever to get more out of New Japan. I think that. I think it, it could be seeing what is out there and, and seeing what what the what the bag how big the bag could be. I know Mr. Barry is not taking on a lot of new clients nowadays as he's as he's gotten up there and he's still a wonderful gentleman. He's fantastic. Um, so if he is indeed being represented by Barry Bloom, then Kashiko is doing all right for himself and there's a great deal of value uh, around him for, for Mr. Barry to go out of his way to take on a new client when he's not really doing that for anyone else. Uh, he's Like I said, either way it works out, guys, he's going to be fine. He's right. either going to be making a lot of money in New Japan or a whole hell of a lot more in America for AEW. Taxes and, and those types of things and the value of the yen, it's an interesting and I'm not quite sure how this works out. So he gets paid in yen. And the, and the yen right now is, is at historic lows. So he's getting paid. He's making less, even though he's making more is because the yen has less value. So is this the time to make the move? Look at the way, you know, Otani's deal is structured, uh, being paid in us dollars, but in a low tax or in, in a high tax state, he wants to be paid in a scenario. So that's why they deferred all the money and, you know, he's getting 680 million dollars deferred right um there is and also i think there is a part of that otani factor the number one star in japan in all of sports is otani and he just got a record-setting contract doubling you know the previous high or at least close to doubling and i think that okada is in that same conversation with otani Should Okada be the highest-paid star in pro wrestling? I think yes. I don't know what the highest-paid... I don't know who the highest-paid star in wrestling is now, and I have no idea what that dollar figure is. But whoever is making the most, Okada should at least make one more dollar than him.
1: (laughs) You know it. The closest thing we'll get to a baseball podcast with you, Kevin. I I, I know I'm scratching that itch for you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) No problem. But, uh, yeah, I think that... The, uh, the, the the
2: economics right now with Japan are a little bit of an issue because guys were getting paid in yen the foreign wrestlers. So the wrestlers from the United States were getting paid in yen and then those yen converting to dollars and because the, the yen's value to the dollar is less, they were getting a decrease in pay. Less than their guarantee. So they had to mm-hmm. adjust it. You know, and and that's just one of the one of the realities that's out there now.
0: Well, sticking with the U.S. for a moment, you were front and center when New Japan was first dipping their toes into the the U.S. expansion. Obviously, it's not gone exactly the way the company might have hoped. What do you think the biggest problems were and and what are your thoughts on the long-term, future Western landscape for New Japan? I think
2: the biggest problem has been not understanding how to promote in the U.S. market and not understanding and undervaluing the power of television and and not securing television and not having a a television show that is easily promotable and easily digestible by the audience uh staffing in japan is they they run very uh, looks lean.
1: like we may have lost them
2: no 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 oh, i'm back Hopefully i'll be get back a
1: signal back from kevin
2: i'll be back there in you a go, second. We got you. I,
1: eh, okay um the idea of I think staffing. Uh, driving through the Lehigh Tunnel.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just I'm on I'm on Route 15, and there's a little spot where there's no cell service, but it comes right back. Um, so you who you know, and and when you're with the world team, they've only got so many people working there, and having to you know produce a second television show that would then be exclusive to the U.S. That's a lot of work, and. Uh, where is it going to air and how much is it going to cost for us to get on these different markets? And are, are we able to secure a cable deal beyond? Well, we've got access TV. OK, access TV is 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 smaller uh, in relation. And how do we how would we get to an, a CBS or an ESPN or a Disney? Well, a lot of those deals are already secured up. OK, now what do we do? Do we go market by market? And, you know, just buy. Ad time in the in the markets that we're coming to. Uh, yeah, that costs a lot of money. And how much do they want to spend? How much do they want to spend to promote, grow the U.S.? Um, I never was told what the game plan was. I never was told because they, they you know, they weren't conferring with me on these decisions. Um, I certainly have a point of view, and I have some opinions on it. I've got a little bit of experience across the industry. I don't know if you guys know this. I've been in the, the industry over 30 years. <laughs> But the, um, yeah, yeah, the idea of not understanding, could I go and promote a wrestling show in another country? Hell no. I wouldn't know anything about it. Well, who's coming to who's coming to work in that office? If I wanted to promote Russian championship wrestling, the first thing I would do is hire some Russians and have them do it, Um, because I don't know anything about anything with that market. I might be able to speak the language, but I, I wouldn't know anything about how to do business there and that that i think is inevitably what the biggest issue is for new japan's expansion into america
1: hello joe yep yep we got you no no i'm sorry we just had a little rumbling listen we as u.s it seems like it 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 it's It hasn't been what we all hoped it would. and then along with that, we, we also hear rumblings of of maybe tension or um, uh, maybe disagreement. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is between Bushi Road, Kadani side of the business and the actual office. Is that anything that you notice from your time there? No, there, that is not anything that I have
2: noticed from from when I was there. Uh, I listen, I'm sure that there are opinions about the way things are run you know when when harold may was in charge he didn't understand the value of having bad guys people don't like them right well no they boo them well why would we have bad guys then and they had he had to be told listen this is the reason why you have bad guys he still didn't get it but he was at least told this is the reason why you have bad guy wrestlers and this is the reason why you have good guy wrestlers um he didn't understand it from a business perspective. Why would you have somebody that's not marketable, that's not likable, that doesn't sell merch, that doesn't... Well, to have good, you must have to have good. You must have bad. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, l- listen. Every every executive comes into wrestling, whether they think it's a it's all ha ha and oh this is easy, or they come in like with definite points of view about what to change. Uh, or if they come in going, I don't know anything about this, leave it up to the wrestling people. Uh, I think that there's always going to be some of that push and pull. Uh, but I, I never heard, like, oh, man, Kadani's on the warpath today because he's angry about A, B, or C. Every time I saw him, he was super nice, and there was never any tension around anybody.
0: So you uh, mentioned Harold May there. So seeing what you've seen then, know what you know now do you think the harold michael craven reign was good or bad for new japan well
2: you look at you know the i guess what pros and cons of the harold may era they were, you know pros tough to say obviously uh i think we can all agree that editor dan got a lot more publicity than he previously had gotten <laughs> and very and very well deserved well deserved I used to um, know him a, a beer. big moment in time
1: yeah. yeah. He got a big <laughs> he, head over that, you know, he he, he, thought, for, he, was a, he thought he was a big deal.
2: <laughs> everybody changes with a little bit of publicity.
1: It, yeah. It's, um, I just want, he just wanted a
2: light. That was it. <laughs> um, and now, you know, but obviously, uh, where the business has gone. And, and I think that, uh, uh, certainly the job that was done, uh, by Obari during, you know, the pandemic, I, I think says probably, you know, the less said, the better about, the previous uh, previous boss and, and focusing all of our attention and love on, on the current boss who's done a great job.
0: Now, I just want to ask you about your work in the commentary booth. I mean, we've had a lot of guys coming and going in recent years. We've had Gino Gambino coming in, which hasn't worked out long term. Now we've got Walker Stewart taking the reins. What do you think are the ingredients needed to be a successful commentator, specifically for New Japan?
2: Well how dare you first of all for insulting Gino? <laughs> uh, Gino's we Gino's him. role with the, I know well Gino's role with the company is is economic. Let, let's let's be fair. The guy uh, deserved to be paid and and they didn't you know, they didn't see uh, the value in in having a second on a on a contract and paying him a fair wage. So he's he's doing his own mm-hmm. thing. He works in law enforcement in in Australia and Wow, And that's what he's doing. He's there for, uh, I mean, he's going to come back here and there going forward. But um, yeah, he's got a real job. Well, yes. And and that was always, that was the surprise when Gino would receive, you know, what we thought was a pittance and he would run at us wanting to hug and kiss. And it's like, why? What's wrong? Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Kevin, for for the generous money you've given me. Um, I thought it was, you know, not enough, but. But he was a good boy. Um, And yeah, now Walker Stewart. Um, I needed somebody that could go and basically live there if necessary. Because I don't know what the economics of... We need to have English commentary. We need to have English commentary all the time. And the more available an English commentator is, the better. And if I'm flying back and forth because I'd still have to do AEW, then I wouldn't be effective for New Japan. That was one of the reasons too. It wasn't just me wanting to stay home more. It was who's who's best to serve our customer base. And that's somebody new. And that's somebody who's very young, who doesn't own a house, who's not married and doesn't have kids, uh, who can learn with the product and roll with the punches. And because he's young and dumb, we can pay him a little bit of money. And <laughs> before he fi- don't I don't need anybody smartening him up. Before he figures it out, hopefully we'll get some good work out of him.
1: <laughs> always always the hustler. My lord, Kevin. Don't smarten Poor him God. up, Damon. Whatever you guys do, don't smarten <laughs> that kid up. they will kill his gimmick. Oh, lordy low.
0: Uh, well, yeah, lots of young talent, both on the commentary booth and also in the ring. So my next question is going to be, how do you feel about the way the company has handled the younger talent this year. You know, guys like the Ray were three musketeers because it kind of feels like the booking completely changed from the first half of the year to the second half. And so can you speak on that a little bit, please. Uh, and if you were in charge, what would you change? Whom would you be pushing in 2024? I, I mean, if you look at, you can't
2: have the second half of the year without the first half of the year. I think you have to have, you put everybody out there and you see what you have uh, and you evaluate And you make adjustments going forward. I I think that, and I don't know what the plan was coming in, nor do I know what adjustments were made uh, at at a midway point. I felt like it was a lost opportunity to have them all jammed up in one block of the G1. And me personally, I'm not a fan of the four blocks, but if we have four blocks in a G1 tournament, then by all means, let's spread them out and let everybody get to see them instead of them just fighting each other. But them fighting each other is what made the stories in the second half of the year, which is kind of the point of the G1, which set the stage for everything going forward into 24. So um, I've, I've learned never to question the long-term booking of New Japan Pro Wrestling because inevitably and invariably it works out. So I, I know that the talent is in abundance. I think all – well, you throw Oiwa in there as well and even Kaito Kiyomiya. Let's throw him in the mix um all five are different um and and i think that there there's been very few times it is like getting five number one draft picks and how do you find playing time for all of them how do you distribute the ball and how do we make sure that each of them is getting what they need uh it's very difficult but it has given new japan the opportunity to have a wide array of new talent come forward at exactly the right time, as the Naito story comes to an end, and really the uh, the end of the 20th century now it begins,
1: um, post Wrestle Kingdom here in 2024. Right now, we we we, we loaded the troops that you were going to come on, Kevin, and uh, they uh, they jumped at the bit to ask some questions. Uh, so one question from uh, Nicole, who who was. Always is there for us when we need her in a pinch booze leprechaun on twitter um she questions you you've been critical of Noah and particularly Kiyomiya yes. in the past uh what, what give him a piece of career advice what's one piece of career advice you'd give that gentleman polish up your resume find another employer
2: <laughs> for god's sakes but i you know I don't blame noah i i I don't blame noah at all um I just think that they have wasted the last three or four years on the MUTO retirement tour and the product has suffered and the young talent has suffered. Uh, they're not growing. They're not getting any better. They're not get- developing any new young talent. And the one good piece of young talent that they do have um, is, is, is being frittered away by them. And that's, in, that's Kaito Kiyomiya. Um, I think that uh, Kiyomiya has all the things that you would want of being a star, but let's face it, he got blown out by Okada. They beat the doors off of him in the G1, and he was the least marketable of the five new guys coming out of the end of 24, coming out of the end of this year. Who the hell's talking about him? I mean, they're talking about him in the Noah universe, but in terms of future success, it's, you know, Oiwa, oh yeah, and Kiyomiya too. That's not to say that he can't become a reclamation project. I think Kaito Kimi needs to go away hmm. and come back and, and be a bigger star. He could benefit from an excursion to America more than anybody. Uh, 27 years old, going on 28. Uh, kid's English is decent, he's a great kid. Uh, a fantastic athlete, but my God. and And I think they've done not irreparable harm. But they certainly haven't been mindful of the assets that they have. And, and maybe they just see him differently. Maybe they, they don't see the big main event star, the Wrestle Kingdom level star, that some people that are fans of wrestling have seen before. Right. But we can't, you can't say that... It, you look back, okay, microcosm of everything. G1 match at Ota versus Gabe Kidd. Gabe Kidd was the star.
0: Right.
2: And that was supposed to be fifty what? 50-50 double countout? I'm sorry. Gabe Kidd came out looking at, you know, acres better than, than Kiyomiya did in just that one match. And that tournament was that was the whole story of that tournament was Gabe Kidd. Who the hell is he? Oh, he's a, you know, he's from Nottingham and he's he's in the dojo and he's good and Whatever. He's a
0: fucking madman, you know. He's a hooligan. Is
2: what he- <laughs> He's a madman.
1: And he came out a bigger star than Kiyomania did. So, with that being said, though, what do you think of this Wrestle Kingdom card and the, and the chatter around the fans of this product about the likes of guys like a Tamatanga and, and a David Findlay and a Sonata? Do you think that they've been given the best spots to the right people?
2: Uh, I think that the spots and the people are equal. Um, mm-hmm. The the buzz is not buzzable this year, D- Damon.
1: I've said that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, there's it, it is what it is. And you know, Sonata's flat as a pancake is champ. And everybody's hoping, hoping. Uh, you know, that all hope that Naito wins and gets his celebration. Then what? Well, then certainly the Sonata era is over and we can move on to whatever's next. It's turning back the clock to pre-pandemic. Uh, Naito wins, beats, you know, sets up the the match with Hiromu, then the world stops. Uh, are we just going to pick up from there and go back to what was supposed to happen in 2020 and tell that story now with, with Tetsuya Naito? I don't know. But Sonata ain't the answer. Um, David Finley gets it. He understands it. He's physically the athlete that he needs to be. If he was six inches taller, he would be awesome. I think there's a little bit of a perception issue. Uh, The the looking like Jay White didn't help him at all. Uh, Did look like Jay White Jr. Uh, But Finley has been, you know, dug in in his heels that, He's he's just gonna do everything he can to get over in that in that spot, in that role, and understands the limitations and understands the problems that are you know that come with it. Um I had no problem with Tama. I think Thomas done great. Um Thomas exactly what you want in in an exciting, you know, flashy babyface, likable. Um and I, uh, there probably is, oh, well, we wanted to see some of the new guys in there. Well, they didn't have the year that Tama did. They didn't have the G1 that Tama did. They didn't have the quality of matches that Tama did. Um, and and I'm sorry, take all the matches with Will Ospreay out. If you have a good match with Will Ospreay, that's because you wrestled Will Ospreay. It doesn't count. It doesn't <laughs> right. count. Right. It doesn't count. So everybody's like, oh, Suji, oh, you, you know, uh Shota, of course, they're going to be great. But don't bank on the fact that they had great matches with Will Ospreay as the reason why they should have more at this Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I think that the great O'Connor is a tremendous disappointment. I love him. I think he's an intriguing character. But I don't think that they had mid-card half-comedy guy when they when they plugged him into this spot. So I think he's he's done disservice to himself. And... I think that, again, that's part of the reason some of the some of the low moments of the year have been involving him. I would have liked to have seen more out of him, but he has. Remember after the match with Tanahashi a few years ago, the singles match at the Dome? And (laughs) everybody's like, oh, my God, this is the first of many. Well, he couldn't be any further away from big moments at the Dome than he is right now.
0: Speaking of that. Is there anyone not on the Wrestle Kingdom card who you think deserves to be there based on their output this year, where you think New Japan have maybe missed a trick by not giving them a match?
2: Well, I mean, does Hanari count? Sure. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, he's obviously going to be involved somehow. Um, but yeah, he deserved to be in that spot. You could have made the argument if you put. You know, if you would have done a three-way with Shingo and I I know we hate it. We hate three ways. If you would have, if you could have taken Tom out of that spot and had Hanari in, that's an argument I I think that's worth having. Um, Hanari had a fantastic year and you can't take away the effort that he put forth Uh, and the improvement. Oh my God, the improvement. Uh, He should just write a check. You know, however much, what 20 percent of his money, and just dear here, Shingo Takagi. Here you go. Here's <laughs> uh, here's a big portion of my check because he deserves it. He got that guy right, and man, just I'm I'm so impressed with him. Um, I don't know it, the the idea of, and I never want to say, oh, juniors deserve more. Juniors, yeah, they they get what they get. Um, I think that some of the more intriguing pieces going forward will be, um, you know, the foreigners in the junior division and the homegrown pieces in the heavyweight division. Um, Kevin Knight certainly is going to have a huge year. I'd be interested to see what Kushida's role is now that he's working more with uh, TNA. Um, but I'm, I, I think that. There's some there's some interest there. Uh, obviously, LP and Hikaleo are going to be fantastic, and that match is going to be uh, this. Is such this is such a great vehicle to get Hikaleo over. By the way, guys, um, this is priming him for greatness. That that we've I've always said is there. I've always called it, and this is he's just learning how to do what he needs to do to be successful in this industry. Um, yeah, and, and right phantasmo is is a perfect partner for this, getting him to rely on his personality more, and a little different than what we had seen from the you know Tongan family. Here's the way we do wrestling, um, but realizing that in order to be that crossover, that star, that physical imposing yes, but also charismatic heart, you know, intriguing babyface or or dastardly heel, whatever they whatever the role is. Um, this is going to get him right for that for the future. So, yeah, there's – I don't see a lot of people that are, like, missing out. I think that that, uh, Wrestle Kingdom spots um, are – should be cherished and not passed around like candy on Halloween.
0: Now, uh, someone you touched on was the the guy at the top of the card, Sanada, the uh, world champion, and much has been made about his – Going on nine-month IWGP World title reign, where would you rank him when it comes to former champions? And Do you think the criticism from fans and media is justified? Um,
2: What did you expect from a Sonata title reign? And did he do exactly what we thought he would do? I didn't... This is the Sonata that we've always seen. I didn't expect him to be new, better, or different. And he hasn't been, he's been the same middling guy that he's always been um, and will go in as an underdog at Wrestle Kingdom, both, you know, kind of physically and emotionally uh, to Wrestle Kingdom. I think people would be happy, small H if he wins, but they'll be happier if Oga- if Naito wins, um, as we get to see the end of that story. It- it, it's a tough spot for him. Cause he's not Naito and he's not one of the new guys. He's been here, you know, since 16 and he finally got there and everybody went, "Yay, he got there. And then it's like, mm, okay, yeah, we'll see. And he had a G one. that was good. It was, you know, unfortunately he got hurt that that affected him. But, um, he, he went through and he won his matches exactly how he was supposed to win. He, he beat all the young guys. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what the future holds for him, how he responds post-Wrestle Kingdom. Um, but I, I think we've all said, God, he needs a new coat of paint, and he's just do, kind of doing the same thing.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think a lot of us are, are with you. Um, I, look, I know a lot of people also on this Wrestle Kingdom show, they have Okada and Danielson circled uh, as, as a match of a night, and, and it should deliver, and, and, and why wouldn't it? Uh, so that aside... What other match do you think has the chance to steal this show?
2: Oh, I love the junior heavyweight tag title match. No doubt. I love what it. What a year they've
1: I, had. What a year they've had. Yes.
2: yes. Oh, All right. Preach. Freaking love what they have done with Clark. And and, and Drilla Maloney has been – think about that move, right? How often has this happened? It, it hasn't happened in the time since I started with the company that an undersized heavyweight moves down to become a junior heavyweight and dominates as a result. Because let's not forget, he's heavyweight strong. And so now he's able to hit the big power moves. Look at that move that he hit on Kushida, the, you know, the Driller Killer, and what that visual was. Holy cow! And just the violence that they brought and the fight that they brought, with Catch-2-2 being the opposite of that. TJP is, is beyond the most valuable in the junior heavyweight division. TJP and... And uh Desperado for me are the MVPs in the junior division because of how look at the improvements of Francesco Akira and Master Wato and the solid matches that they have delivered as a result of being rubbed up with and learning from the veterans of of, of TJP and, and and El Desperado. It's been remarkable just to see how that uh division has grown with the experience that's there, but I'm really looking forward to, to what these juniors do. They they'll, they'll tear it up.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, we're in full agreement. We've been on that, that train for, for a long time. And honestly, we, the junior heavyweight tag scene for the entire year has been the most consistent uh, in delivering just quality, just match and show after show. It's, 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 it's been a great year for them. Um, I learned this today and I got to throw this at you. Because I was kind of like, oh, I, I, a little spot in my heart kind of, kind of clouded up. But what was what little was left? Um, the Tokyo <laughs> Dome, the yeah. Tokyo Dome. It's either a building you love or hate, right? But I learned that they're talking about demolishing it and building apartment complexes there. I know. So, so I'll ask, like, what are your fondest memories of working in that specific building? Just seeing, you
2: know, the joy on everyone's face the first time when they get to go there. Yes. And when they're walking on the floor and they're just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I've made it. I've made it here. Um, you know, and the fans all congregating outside when I joined you guys briefly out there and the way that fans from all around the world would come and and would treat it as like a Mecca post-Christmas gift to, to each other, to yourselves and uh, all of the fun times in that little area. Um, I think that there are a lot of changes in... Japanese culture sporting culture right now it's interesting so the Tokyo Dome and where i saw that they the Tsukiji fish market which is no more right is valuable real estate down on the water um and i think that again they want to put something there that is and to have the Giants play there cuz the Giants would take up the majority of those spots uh, majority of those dates, I, I think that's fine if that's the direction that they want to go. But I saw that Corican might also be. Who knows oh. what, what the future of Corican is and and what the JRA is going to do with that building, you know, because they that's, they own the building and I guess Corkin is, is separate, but whatever. Who knows? There's a lot of changes that are happening. Jingu Stadium, where they had, you know, the, the summer struggle a few years ago, they wanted to knock that all down. It's the oldest, one of the oldest stadiums. They wanted to knock that down, but it's in like this, uh, of course, a valuable area. It's all of Tokyo's valuable, but fans are like, no, there's trees here that we want to, s- you're going to knock down all these trees too, just to put up office buildings, get bent. And so people are fighting it. And just cause they want to put up more apartment complexes or they want to do this or that. Well, let's wait and see, let's see what happens. Uh, developers want to develop. And they only get paid when, when they put up new buildings and they rent them out. But let's see what happens and, and let's see how things go. But obviously it would be a change. And, you know, Corican Stadium, uh, which was knocked down to build the Tokyo Dome, which they finished in 89. Let's, I'm sure there were people that were sad when that happened, but marveled at right. the new structure. And, and the, whatever they might create down on the water, down at uh, the Tsukiji Fish Market might be cool. Um, but that was a big change, you know, cause that all moved to Osaka. But that's a big cultural spot in Tokyo, part of the part of the history. So yeah, there are mm-hmm. a lot of things that could change, and we'll see what happens.
1: Oh, it broke my heart just thinking about Cork and, yeah, oh, I know that's a, that's a heartbreaker. Look, <laughs> I, uh, I I I got to ask, and and you are so kind in coming on the show, and I know you do others who try to rip off our gimmick, but that's okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, are podcasts like ours. And and newsletters. I mean, look, I, I've been an observer subscriber since the '80s, right? Mm-hmm. Are they good for the wrestling industry? Uh, like, uh, like, uh, have we just become a greasy wheel, uh, or do you think there's a value for places like us in the wrestling landscape? Uh,
2: I think that the I think the audience size is overvalued, and that the audience. I'm not saying the audience reach isn't there, and the potential reach is huge, but the vast vast majority of people that might consider themselves a a wrestling fan or like wrestling or whatever don't know uh, the don't know what these shows are and don't listen to them you're telling uh, me and, Tell they, me. <laughs> and it's a, you know it's a small audience and the same audience listens to everything so it is a little bit of an echo chamber and i think that there's you know, everybody's kind of fighting each other, trying to chew on scraps, uh, of news and information. Cause let's face it, the number of outlets and the number of businesses that offer pro wrestling is, is smaller now than, than has been. Um, and I think companies have done a good job of tightening leaks. And I know that it's been a concerted effort within AEW to minimize leaks because we want to make sure that You know, stories and surprises are stories and surprises, and they want to make sure that those things happen. So, but I think where your value is, as opposed to anybody else, is the analysis that you offer, second to none. And the idea that we can look back at our history and we can talk about what what it was like during the uh, all Japan all Japan rise and how Noah was formed. You can go back easily. 40 years because you watched all the tapes and you you went back in time and you you saw how the foreigners would jump from from one promotion to the next and 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 where business is now because of the things that happened and the moves that happened how deaths have influenced you know and how the economy has influenced where the industry is that's that's where you guys can really dig in and deliver like nobody else and you know Meltzer can and and those types of guys everybody else is Johnny come lately so they just they just parrot what you guys do.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Finally, somebody recognizes us, Joel. Jesus Christ! Uh, look, I, I, I know. Dan, only because, <laughs> only
2: because of Editor Dan. He's the one that turned me on to this show. You know, <laughs> I know. He's, a, he's the
1: man. He's the man. Hey, listen. Have there been times, and I know the answer must be yes, when when you may have been on a long flight listening to our nonsense podcast and yes. said these guys are completely out of their skull. Give give us that time.
2: Um, more often than not, I will say this. When you guys have news that you haven't broken yet, but you're talking about breaking it and I don't know it, okay. I, that happens all the time. Because I'm like, what are these guys talking about? What's the, what's the scoop? Uh, what intel do they have? Because I never had any intel. So that was invariably what caught me more off guard than any thought or prediction. Some of Joel's takes were a little bit, you know, I understood. He was, he was trapped in a, you know, in another country, in another part of the world. And he may not have been thinking clearly. He was bringing children. Don't make
0: excuses for me. If my takes is shit, let's just call it what it is. (laughs) Well, your takes, your takes. And...
2: But I, I think that what happens is, is that you get so dug in that it, it's hard for you to see the other side. I've always been, and that we have to look at what the potential of it is when it makes no sense. Nobody's creating an idea saying, this idea sucks. Let's do it anyway. Hey, this idea sucks. No, I hate you. We're going to continue to run with it just because I'm dug in and I'm going to insist that we do this. Nobody does that. But some of your takes, Joel, are a little bit like that. Like they're doing this on purpose to affect you and to hurt you. I just
1: want no, to say he, de- he
2: definitely believes that. Yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> yes. the, the summer struggle tour of 2021 was a, a, a personal attack on me, and I, know. I, I won't be convinced otherwise.
2: <laughs> I know there's there've been a few wounds that have been that are hard to heal, and I get that. I understand uh, having called some of those shows. Yes, but um, here we are. Nevertheless, uh, no, I think that again the idea of taking a viewpoint and having a stance is great if if all we, if all you guys do is react then bleh, but you got to further the ball a little bit and you got to drive the conversation that's what gets people talking and uh, i'm excited for where the future holds and i i think that again who the who are the next generation of storytellers in the industry and and where can we can we say you know some of these media types at the aw scrum they're they're not really like journalists oh my
1: god how embarrassing how embarrassing kevin is that like and here's another thing too not for nothing let's bring this up so uh g1 dallas i have to go to the bathroom (laughs) and out the door i go and here walks in kevin kelly right and he's like you're not going anywhere you're you're going back in this room boom in kevin kelly's sitting there silence from these numbskulls and then I was like, "Well, I guess I'll ask my questions." And boom, away we go, and we had like yeah. a ten minute conversation. And I was so embarrassed. And then they have Okada get on the mic, and some numnut decides, "Do you like Camber?" Well, I don't even know what the what it was. It was just like, "Come on, can you please? This is embarrassing." Yeah. Yes, I'm with uh, you.
2: Is there is there a lower standard across <laughs> all sports media now? Like, are we seeing this in in other? Uh, you know it, the the, no. in
1: the Eagles locker room in the seventies. No, uh, Kevin, I just worked Flyers uh, last weekend, uh, and you know it's professionals can bid. professionals can bit, night and day. Uh, yeah, no, I, no I, one asking for free pickles there. <laughs> no free, free pickles whatsoever. There's none, none to be had. So yeah, I'm, uh, uh, Ke- uh, uh, we are right there with you. Totally embarrassing. Okay. It, yes, because I think.
2: Um, I think both Triple H and Tony Khan would like to hear more more great questions and to be – because they're skilled enough to be able to say yay yeah or nay and to know how to answer answer them and know how to whatever. But just to have awesome. a bunch
1: of
2: glowing fanboys awesome. awesome. just, yeah, just staring back at them going, oh, everything was great.
1: Well, yeah. let us know when these when these calls come. We would love to get an email. Or join that pressure. We more you know, listen. We more than more than happy to. You imagine? To. Can you imagine? Yeah, Could you imagine that'll we, never
2: happen?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damon from the Super J Cast has a question. Kevin rolling his eyes like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" <laughs> uh, all right, Joe's going to Joe's going to give you two, and then we'll wrap it up. We want to value your time. Okay.
0: All uh, right. Something you just touched on there, Kevin. Um, having been in wrestling for so many years in various roles, do you think that there is a shelf life to one booker or one booking committee for such a long period of time. Or do you think change brings new ideas? Uh, Change brings new ideas,
2: but, but there again, are the new ideas better than the old ideas, even from somebody who may be past the prime. Um, The idea of writing a television show is, is akin akin to the guy on lost having to push the buttons or the building was, or this island was going to blow up, you know? Um, that's It's a thankless job. It's madness. It's, I don't know why anybody would ever sign up for it. Um, but again, those people always are surrounded with new people. And yeah, there might just be one name on the, you know, on the mantle. Hey, this is so-and-so's. He's the creative director. He's the writer. He's the whatever. But the team around him changes. And I think that we've seen that you know, that, that outside influences and, and who, especially in New Japan, I think that as the as the talent has changed, the ideas that have come in have changed as well. Will Ospreay has definite ideas about what he wants to do. And some of the ideas are good, just like anybody else. Some of the ideas are good and some of the ideas aren't. So it takes that right person to be able to filter the good and the not good and have everything work within the construct of the show. Keep the big picture in mind. I think New Japan has done a very good job with that over the years. Look at the steady hand that Tomohiro Ishii has benefited from. Yeah. If they were changing bookers after five, six years, who's to say that Ishii would have had the run that he's had? Or if he had a job. job. Yeah, Yeah, or a job. Somebody might not have valued him. So, hold on. I have to get my dog treats.
1: <laughs> that's important. That, that's, how's, how is the little one? Adorable. I've seen him. I saw some pictures you posted online. Adorable. Yeah. He's a pain in the ass.
2: <laughs> he, he, he's big boss. He's 20 pounds, and he thinks he, it's, it's the Napoleon complex. That's what I thought the movie was about. Little did I know I was disappointed. I thought it was going to be a movie about my dog turns out that it's about Napoleon Bonaparte. I was like, man, this oh,
1: sucks.
2: God. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but that's what I, that's what I think. I think everybody has a shelf life in this industry, but you hope that the people that, um, you know, come around, make it, make the job more exciting and interesting.
0: All right. Well, my last question for you, Kevin, obviously you've changed employees. There's a, uh... What else is on your papers now? What can you tell us now that if you told us six months ago, you'd have got in big trouble for, but now you think you can kind of get away with? <laughs> I don't know anything.
2: <laughs> I never, I never do anything and I never did. But you know, for years since I was going back working with WWF, I've been accused of more times than not of leaking information. And here's really? the thing. Like, oh, I never do anything. And I, I would have an idea, but I didn't know what Vince McMahon or Vince Russo ultimately were going to come up with when I was there. And after Russo left, I had, you know, even less of an idea uh, with with the writers when they came in. But yet I was always being accused. Okay. And then in ROH, it was the same thing. Well, I kind of knew what was going on, but it wasn't my call. And um, no, I don't know anything. And I never do anything— <laughs> In New Japan, I don't know anything now. I oh. call the show at AEW, and I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I have mean, you, got, look, can you like any any cheeky anecdotes then? Yeah, any can we give us a story. Stories?
2: Yeah. Hmm. All right, let me think. Um. Hmm. Okay. Give me well. Give me a. Give me something Whatever. that you're interested in. <sighs>
1: Um, who, uh, who I right, Who had the worst? Uh, no, no, I'm not going to go there because that got people <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> you know what? If you got nothing, you got nothing. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, why, any, why, like, why?
0: any like po- pre-show, post-show shenanigans? Any times when things went like completely tits up and you you were sort of scrambling to try and hold it together? Any anything that sticks in the memory? Hmm.
2: I remember seeing a very naked yo running.
0: Oh, okay. Running post show.
2: Uh, to try to get back into the locker room after taking a shower down the hallway, and then realizing that he had a small audience of us, decided to give us a little shaky shake. So there you go.
0: All right, nice. And, uh, how, and how was his direct drive?
2: I tipped. I tipped my cap at it. <laughs> some. I must. I must admit, some have been rather disappointing. Oh oh, yeah. Living up to conventional, the conventional thought that, you know, it's on the small side,
0: Mm.
1: but, um, no, yo got a tip of the cap. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. Good job. Good job. buddy I'll tell you what, working Eagles locker rooms, boy, I I walk out of there and I'm just ashamed to be called a man. I gotta be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Just ashamed. All right. Listen, here's how we're going to wrap this up, Kevin. Okay. Uh, we're going to give you the floor. Okay. You can say what you can say whatever you would like to say to whomever you'd like to say, as maybe a closing goodbye, maybe a see you soon to everyone who loved what you did for New Japan Pro Wrestling and appreciated what you did. Um, so the floor is yours, the great Kevin Kelly.
2: All right. Well, first of all, um, thank you for giving me this opportunity uh, to come back and be with you guys at least one more time, and if, I know we will not be strangers and um, we can always get together and and reminisce and, and chew the fat, because I'll keep up on the product just like I've always been. Um, without this show, and without Damon specifically, I might not have been the announcer that I have been for New Japan, uh, because he was brave enough to take me to task for not being very good on my first go-round, way back in October of 2015. But that's what made me work hard and get better. So again, thank you. Thank you for that. It was one of the most important moments of my career Um, and has given me confidence with new challenges in AEW that everything's going to work out okay. You may not be everybody's best friend right off the bat, but trust me, if I work hard and if I listen to feedback and if I'm willing to put the effort in, I know everything's going to turn out okay Um, because I have the best interest of the product and the fans at heart. And that's always been like my thing, no matter, no matter what company I'm with, I always just want the fans to enjoy the product more, to, to ultimately buy the product more. Uh, and so that the idea, too, of, of seeing the, the growth of New Japan World and the great people that I got to work with, uh, all the staff, you know, that were there mixing the English commentary, the Japanese commentary, having it all go out as a stream and fans being able to consume it on a live on a live basis uh, was remarkable to me. And those people were always great and always a lot of fun. And they didn't have, uh, some of them spoke some English and some spoke n- no English at all. And it was always just fun to hang out with them. And that was always like, um, cause I would sit there bored a lot of times, especially on the shows that I called myself. I would have nobody to talk to, and those guys kept me company. Hold on, hold on a second, guys. Yeah, 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 Hey, Hey, get over here. I let my dogs out, and the- (laughs) Who? I had to let the dog, who let the dogs out? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) Hold on, get over here. Get in the house, what are you doing? Oh, this little
1: bastard. We are not editing this, by the way.
2: (laughs) No, keep it in. (laughs) Please yeah. keep it in. Yes. Hey, get in the house.
0: What are you doing? All right,
1: there
2: he goes. Um, but I wish you could have. I wish you guys could have been there with me, or we could have somehow. Every once in a while, we would do like our pregame shows, and we would do them in the in the world room. Every once in a while, just to, hey, here's the team, and they were hey, <laughs> and and uh, they would. Freaking sit in these chairs for hours and put these shows together. I don't know how they did it. And they'd be there night after night in the G1 tours and the Best of Super Junior tours. And oh my God, they did fantastic. Um, and those are the people who I loved. And, you know, uh, Mima Shimoda, who's, oh, you know, sweet staff member, always there smiling and greeting me and making sure that we knew what time to get on the bus. Those, those are the people that I miss that are awesome. And all the fans, both in... The vast majority of them, of course, in the English-speaking world, I see a lot of them at AEW shows. Hey, Kevin, thank you so much for, you know, all the enjoyment of the years of New Japan. That's like, oh, that's awesome. It's so great to hear you, um, hear from you and see you. So that's what I'm, you know, those are the people that I'm going to miss. But I know I'll have a whole n- new group of fans to get to know and see because AEW is in a transitional phase right now you know the company that was there to start four years ago now is changing and I'm part of that change and some people like it and some people don't like it so as New Japan changes and AEW changes wrestling changes life changes it's all you know it's just change and we have to roll with it some people don't like it they want their they want their wrestling to be the way the wrestling is and they don't want change Um, well, life always changes and, and we have to be, we have to be ready for those. Um, but without the experience that I've had over the last eight years, I wouldn't be as happy as I am today. Um, I can tell you that, like, I've never been happier in my life. I dealt with depression for my God, probably my whole life just was undiagnosed for a long, long time. And. I felt better. You know, here we are on December, recording this on December 20th, 2023, and I'm happy. Uh, and just finding, you know, joy in different things at 56 years of age and loving, you know, the new people that I get to work with and seeing the opportunities for them and helping them and getting to know them and to tell their stories and to get them over. Um, and But knowing at the same time that I have had this track record of of success of doing different things, um, and I have to be willing to go beyond any any catchphrases or sound bites that I had before. That I don't want to just be an impersonator of myself. I have to be new and different, and willing to grow and change and become an AEW announcer for you know for fans who have known me as you know as part of the uh, New Japan lineup for these years. Um, and like I said, there's a whole bunch of people who would go, what the hell is New Japan if I told them I've worked there for the last eight years that are current AEW viewers? But um, no, just the staff and, and the boys and everybody's been wonderful. And Chris Charlton has been a godsend, and, and I love him to death. And I um, again, everybody I've had the chance to work with, all the guys who sat with me and did commentary with me, uh, from Rocky and Gino and Don Callis and Steve Carino, You know, the guys on the regular and then the boys who would come out after doing their matches or whatever and come and just keep me company for for an hour or two. It was always a blast. It was always fun. And I'll I'll miss the bus rides and I I won't miss the flights. And, you know, again, that's that's it. It's it's not goodbye forever. It's just for now. And I'm sure I'll be back. I'd like to be a part of that show coming up in May. The big uh, super show that the uh, the union is putting together or whatever it's called. That would be a lot of fun
1: and we'll see what happens. Kevin, uh, Kevin. from the bottom of our heart, I mean, you, you have been such a, a, a pleasure to talk to and a pl- and a pleasure to get to no, know and y- what you have done for a lot of people's fandom of this product that quite honestly, maybe wouldn't give it a chance. Um, Just because it was in a language that they couldn't understand. Um, You helped tell those stories and you helped bridge that gap for so many people that have have communicated that to us. And what you do behind the scenes and what you do for, you know, and again, I'll just throw it out. A guy like Walker Stewart, you know, what what you do. um, you, You are, as I like to say, a good guy. And I truly appreciate what you've done. This won't, this isn't goodbye. This is, well, we'll talk soon, but I, trust me when I say this, I appreciate everything that you've done for me and this show um, from the bottom of my heart. So thank you for, for everything that you've done.
2: Well, thank you, my friend. And I, I, again, I echo those same thoughts uh, to you guys and the amount of help that you've given me um, the amount of nonsense time that we've had together and being, becoming friends with booze and, and being able to get to know her a little bit has been has been fun, and and uh, you know the what is it the saying? Oh, it's the the story is the friends you met along the way. Um, but it, as tacky and as cliched as that is, it's it's really true. And and getting to see you know you guys at different various events and um, being a part of those moments, just popping in and not wanting to ruin you guys. Getting to know each other and connect, but just coming in like as a value add, like, hey, it is so good to see all of you. I love you and I'm going to go leave you alone now. Um, that was, you know, that's that's part of it, too. It's not just the um, getting to making sure that more people get to watch New Japan and consume that product, but also get to know each other and spread the gospel of, of wrestling as a connective tissue that we all share, whether we're a huge fan of, of you know, or a newbie. um, if we like something, we like something and connecting everybody together. sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't. Some people got thrown <laughs> out. Some people got deplatformed uh, and completely <laughs> excommunicated from society. Kevin ex daughter their name on on New Japan world. Give me a break. so but uh, no, it's always been fun, and uh, and we'll catch up soon when i've got uh, whenever I've got stuff to talk about or whenever you guys have time to fill in. You don't know what to talk about? Call me and we'll, we'll shoot
1: the shit. Always welcome. You are always welcome, sir. All right, Joel, all right, wrap buddy. this puppy up. All
0: right, thank you so much, Kevin. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, and to you and to all our listeners, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
2: Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today.